Welcome to KCast. This is Caleb. This is Chris. Hey, listening to the sweet sounds of Paul McCartney right there. <laughs> no lyrics in this song. I didn't know that he did non-lyric songs. He just did instrumentals. This is just kind of a funky, bluesy, sort of jazzy thing. This is the kind of song you make love to, this song. This is the kind of, I don't know if it's in the spirit of a cold train, but this is kind of a... Oh, it's not, in fact, in the spirit of a Coltrane. It's not. Shows what I know about anything. Mm. Played some volleyball today. That was fun. Yeah, we do. We yeah, we, they kind of separated the groups. We almost got to play against the Hitler Youth Corps, but we didn't quite. <laughs> no, those those blonde physical specimens of they, perfection right. with blue eyes they, and they abs have all these, of steel. They have all these like college college age kids and and. High-end uh, high school players kids. that come into the gym, or and then there's an organizer ages. that we play. It's pickup <laughs> games. It's, it's pickup games, and we c- go down to the gym, and there's a guy that organizes it. All the college players were lining up mm-hmm. on one court, and they were they'd sorted them out, and they were organizing them. And for a fraction of a second, I was standing on the court with them. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like a good 50, 60 pounds overweight. They're like, you go with the C-listers, and we got put with the C-listers. No, no, the, the, organizers, the organizer saw me standing there, and he counted me as one of the six. I was in there for a fraction, and That's I'm introducing like myself to the guys that can hit, and these are all guys that are lean and mean and in their you know, prime, and their physical prime, and they're all guys they're that... like, one of these is not like the other. They're all these guys that launch rockets when they hit. They just shoot these mist, blast these missiles into the ground. And I'm the guy that tries to catch him with his face. But I was standing there with him for a minute, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, how am I going to, you know, my strategy and stuff like that. But then they looked over at the other court and somebody's like, oh, those guys are short. And, and all of a sudden, two, <laughs> two, two of these college girls players walked onto the court and that was it for me. Mm. <laughs> So, so me and Caleb. So on the other court, there's there's You're all the these got to get cut. Yeah. So so I end up on the court with Caleb, and so everybody over there, it's like you know the guys are old guys and and guys that are sort of you know they're 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 amenable. Let's say they're amenable. They're guys that are more fun to play with than serious to play with. So I, I'm more than happy to play with those guys. It's a you know more fun game, and I'm less likely to get knocked unconscious. I like the comp. I like when the other team's like fifteen percent better than us, <laughs> yeah. and there's just that challenge. Sometimes oh, we yeah, have yeah. a lead or we lose the lead, yeah. and it goes back and forth. We lost a fifteen point lead today. <laughs> Did I you don't. notice that? I don't know if you noticed it. Oh. I was cruising. We were in cruise mode. We were just. I like... was really sucking around game six. I hit two serves into the net, and I <laughs> hated everything in the. Oh, universe but you were. You had some good plays. You were in there most of the game. You were really setting consistently. I'm getting Caleb better. Is... Caleb, Caleb has shown an extreme amount of progress in the in the I'm month that he's been I'm trying to impress Rachel out. the whole time. Yeah, is what yeah. I'm, I'm at there. Yeah, so. there's a there's this girl that Rachel. Helps. There's this girl Rachel. Well, there's a bunch of girls that like play way above 
Well, once our, I learned she league. wasn't from Westlake, she's yeah. from the Valley. It's like, oh, I got a shot with this girl. She's kind of. <laughs> she's, she's not. She's not from my out of my league. Yeah, exactly. uh, you know, you're not out of your finances or something like that. Yeah, that, I'm a little concerned that at this point in your life, the way your con- career has gone in the last couple of weeks, that most of the Valley is out of your league, though. Probably, it's, it yeah. makes little difference. It's, but, well, that's uh, that segues into my next story. Okay. Now. I'm not going to tell him about how you gave Rachel all my sets. <laughs> Caleb, yeah, Caleb yeah, got we we play that whoever's at the, at the center net you know does the setting and so you whenever I play against two her, attackers I hit for the those ball you, to her every time. Very <laughs> I always serve it to her. The center has a well, the way we play. You have two attackers for the center can set either attacker mm-hmm. and and. Generally, you know, if you're not a very good setter, then you just give it to whoever you can get the ball to, which is normally about Caleb's methodology. And all of a sudden, he's just he's scrounging these balls that he normally can't hit, and and he's not giving them to whoever's convenient. He's just giving them all to Rachel, and I'm over there all ready to swing over. I wasn't even playing bad. I was yeah. like hitting them all in the court. You have about some points. Uh, two feet on Rachel. You could easily kind of. You're the more logical person. In many ways. I was hitting consistently. And the teammates were like encouraged. They were like cheering for me when I was hit. You kept giving them all my sets to Rachel. She just was, and she's a good player. She's hitting. I was receiving a serve once, and I kept. I was doing good because I get down yeah. low and get it up yeah. in the air. Yeah. And then, but I wouldn't really swing with it or hit it. It was yeah. just kind of the the force of it coming towards me. Yeah. I'd kind of hit it up. And then one time, I just didn't move, and it just went straight to the ground. I hit it, and it started rolling on the ground. I'm like, I don't know why I didn't move towards that. All right, yeah. No, Caleb plays about a good 40 or 50% better. Just if Rachel apparently is on his side of the court. <laughs> Chris, I got a lot of problems in life, yes, Chris. You I do. got so many problems. You got, well, should I get the oh, list? Man, where do we begin with yeah. these problems? Yeah. More problems than a math book. Yeah. Let me tell you. So I'm, I'm driving. I'm in Westlake and I'm driving yeah. to my car and I got the windows down because it's a hot day. And, and you don't have any. Well, your air conditioning works. No, I have air conditioning. Down. Uh, just because I, I like to give it a break every once in a while, oh, fine, you know, from right. having it on so much. All right, get on. And, and it was at night, so yeah. it was kind of like the the nice warm air at night. The nice, you know? cool Westlake Yeah, so, so I'm driving there, and then <laughs> I'm at this red light, and there's a car next to me. Okay. And it's these four girls, and they're all dancing, uh, and they have the windows down, and yeah. they're listening to music. And they're hanging out. Yeah. You know. It wasn't that song. Yeah. But... But there was some music. Yeah, they, these young girls, you know, and, and that that part didn't matter. But I thought, like, you know, they're looking at me, and I think one of them took a picture of me. Ah. And there was just the four of them. There was no guys in the car. Right. And I thought, I should be saying something in this situation. Sure. I was so frozen by fear, and I thought, yeah. what's wrong with me? Not in, even, like, in a serious way, but just in a semi-flirtatious, like... Yeah. Hey, nice music. What's oh, we're rocking can... now. What's good? Yeah, I'm never going to see them again. What's the worst that can happen? You're in your own on. car. You can get away if they decide to, you know, assault you. Exactly. And I was at a total loss for words. I just had nothing to say. No, I just not you. I'm kind of looking like they're smiling. I'm smiling. I just have this big grin on my face because it's 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 funny. Well, I, quite a lot of the time, my advice completely to you... missed opportunity. I just had nothing to say. Yeah, <laughs> probably you were better <sighs> off if you think about Terrible. the things that you would have said. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I'm so quick with the zinger. I have something like preloaded in the yeah, back to to, right. to say, and 
Yeah. I just completely froze up. Yeah. I was going to say, like, having fun. Usually that's kind of my go-to. If go you could have just waved and yeah, smiled, hey. you would have probably been money. You guys having fun? Sweet music. Just No, that would have been bad. So it's good you didn't I, say yeah, that. I don't know. But just, you guys just having something. Fun. <laughs> you guys having fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I said it with confidence, I guess it could have. Uh-huh. Sounded good. Chris, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. I, I like to consider myself... i get the list. <laughs> I get the list. I have my own list. Your list. Yeah, but your list is incomplete. I have the unabridged list of Caleb's <laughs> issues. I like to think, Chris, that yeah. I'm a logical person. That okay. I'm reasonable and sure. rational. I like to imagine myself that way. 97% of the people... Uh, people think Do. that they are a logical, <laughs> rational person. And they can't all be. No, they're right? not. They're, no, only 2% are actually logical and reasonable. And even though... And, and even then, only 20% of the time. Yes, yeah, so and I'll be the first to admit I'm very driven by emotion about what I feel about something, yeah. and, and you know, do I have peace of mind or how does it feel? Well, that's sort of logical that you're irrational. Very, you know, emotional driven. <laughs> but I like to think I'm, I'm rational as well. As that, <laughs> the two don't always have to conflict, right? Mind and heart. Sometimes they can. Yeah, but it's better sync if they do. And <laughs> it's more interesting if they conflict. There's a there's a there's a a story in it. There's a a script. Yeah, it's it's sort of like this. Like I get, I have great advice that I never take myself. Right. You know, I give great well, you, advice. You to You can't people. afford to take it. I never take my own advice. <laughs> it's it's a bad thing. Like yeah. you know. I, sh- I I need to get a full-time job, because if I do that, I can stay with my grandparents, I can live rent-free, I can save all this money, and the logical thing says, just get some job, any job, yeah. doesn't matter, while you have that job, you can hunt for another job, right. and you can figure it out, just do something. I've been doing that for like 30 years. <laughs> but just, I just... I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know what to do with a full-time job at this point in life. <laughs> but I just, I just refuse to do it i drag my feet i I try to find another way around it i just i don't go for like the joe yeah. job when everything irrational says like just work at starbucks or but ralph's or you're something. in your early you 20s you're only about 30 mid-20s. or 40 you're mid 20s you're only about 30 or 40 years from retirement you know <laughs> if you had a job yeah. i mean you'd only just be retiring it in another 30 40 years don't just just you know carry on the way you are <laughs> well, so I mean, I'm asking because yeah. everyone says this. Oh, yeah. just get some job, any job, save right. money, work from there. You'll have movement, momentum. I thought you already had some job, and then you had any job. I did. I was doing the full time uh, office managing for the contractor, right. and that was going great. It lasted 13 weeks. Now I'm back doing background, and that's been going well. I've been keeping yeah. pretty busy with that. And that's interesting for you. You like to do that. I mean, that's a lot of fun in sports. Oh, it is. That, that's an absolute blast. It gets it gets frustrating when it goes on for like a couple of years. It's a little different then, because it's not yeah, quite well, as stable. Yeah, it's, it's on year three, so I kind of like to move on from it. And I do want a full-time job, but something in an office or something where I'm building the resume and I feel like I'm advancing more and I'm not right. moving backwards to working another retail thing or another food industry thing. Because mm. I've been there, done that, and that's not helping my resume. You know, right. It's kind of counterproductive. Yeah, you could always lie. That's what everybody else does. <laughs> I could. So, well, you're not very good at lying, though. <laughs> I prefer not to lie. But... <laughs> So the point, so everyone's like, just get some job, any job. And I'm like, I agree with you. That is what a logical, (laughs) rational person would do. You've been getting that. You've been getting that for like the last four years. Why can't I do it? (laughs) What is wrong with me? Uh, 
<sighs> I guess I guess it's like this. Didn't I didn't I email you a job that was like almost completely exactly right up your alley? Yeah, I've been busy. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> busy not doing not getting that job. It it's sort of like this. This is the only conclusion I could come to. Yeah. Is that there has to be an achievement. So since I moved back home, mm. that's not an achievement. That's like settling and so, but if I get a cool job, that's an achievement. Or if I move like up north to Sacramento, which I'm kind of considering because mm. I have a friend up there, then the move is the achievement, and I can then get some mundane job up there because hey, at least I have the achievement of I made the move and I got out and I'm more independent, sort of a thing. Yeah. So to go back home and get the crappy job is just like double misery. I think the <laughs> mundane jobs up north are in more demand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So, I don't know what's down wrong with Down here, me. you can get mundane jobs, because, you know, people down here, they come to Southern California to get away from mundane. So you can get yeah. those mundane jobs. I don't know about it. It's all work. fear-based, Chris. Sure. Fear haunts my life and controls everything and stifles what I do. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Man. Oh. a pick-me-up, though. Mm. It's hard to tell without the lyrics. Sexy song right there, Chris. Um, we're both Breaking Bad fans. Yes. And I, I don't, I didn't watch the Emmys because I'm not as into to television as much. Um, but I did see Breaking Bad swept. It won in five major categories wow. for their last eight episode season. Yeah. Best drama series, best lead actor, best supporting actress, best yeah. supporting actor. How many years in a row have they done that? Because they, they, they had the year before they, yeah, they scored they, a bunch too, didn't they? They won a bunch in 2013, they won in 2012, mm. 10, 9, they 8. Since momentum. 2008, yeah, they they've been, been winning. Dominating. But this year, 2014, was their most wins yeah. yet. Yeah. Five, five wins in five big wow. categories. So yeah. so good for them. Yeah. All right, Chris. I wrote a, I wrote a little skit. Okay. So we're going to act oh, We're going to do that now. We're going to do that now, yeah. Why are we going to do the skit in the middle of our <laughs> podcast? Doesn't that seem fast backwards? It's a content generator. Uh, are That's you sure? Why. Yeah, it fills right. up space. So, you know, just fun little thing. Okay. Whatever. Don't we have important stuff to do? This this isn't. We haven't this isn't like something that's polished or anything. This is No, just... not at all. This is something I whipped together in 5 minutes. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's important fun. to know. Okay. So just read your lines, okay? Right. Just do it. Just humor me, will okay. you? Okay. Right. The location is Wind Up Records. <clears throat> you will be Alan. I will be Scott. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, my next appointment is with Scott Stapp, the lead singer of Creed. Let him in, Barbara. Hello, Alan. It's good to see you, Scott. Uh, the album is doing wonderful. Uh, can you sing me a sample? With arms wide open under good, the good. Very good. Very high. good. Scott, very good. That's good. Can you take me higher? That's good. That's good. Listen, listen. Scott. Oh, sorry. Well, anyways, listen. I have some songs here that I'm trying to find a home for. Um, here, give this one a shot. Everybody, yeah, yeah, rock your bones. Huh. huh. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Am I sexual? 
Yeah, maybe yeah. we should uh, maybe we should give that one to a boy band. Oh, yeah, okay, here, try this one. Okay. And I'm here to remind you right. of the mess you left All when right. you hang went on, hang away. on. Maybe a Canadian for that it's one. It's not fair to deny me. Okay, here's one. Here's one from Scott. Here's one from Cartoon Network. You know we got a mystery to solve and Scooby Doo be ready for huh. your act. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I like, I like it, I like it. You're gonna have yourself a Scooby snack. Oh. Hell, hey, hey, Alan, now yeah. I'm hungry for lunch. Maybe tuna lunch, Alan. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Listen, we'll be in touch. I got a two o'clock with uh, Lincoln Park. The end. The end. <laughs> oh jeez, uh, so silly. All right, so okay, that's what it sounds like when we start doing. <laughs> we and Caleb, have, we and Caleb have actually written, written, rehearsed, and halfway decent and, stuff, and done like well, we've done like what a couple dozen, couple dozen, yeah. Over the, over no, the I, I was working on a set with a guy and. And one of us brought up Creed, and yeah. he, he did this great imitation of the the singer right. that was just way over oh, the right, top. Right, right. And that's I'm like, oh, that's such a funny voice. Right. Crack, man. I can't do it as well as Sam. Yeah. But. Well, usually once when we start down these things, we do like a first this sort of a read through. Yeah. I'm exactly. read, I read this thing blind. Like, that was that was a live read through. That was the yeah. first time you have seen. This, I, I hadn't seen that. To all. be fair to the audience. Yeah, and then usually. Yeah. The first one, we, we might get like five or ten percent of it where we're happy with it, and we just so that sort of just gives us an idea of what it's going to yeah. sound like in our heads, and then we make a bunch of changes, and then we start, yeah. then we actually start to work on it. And but do you, do you think there's potential there with, I, with that concept? It's a funny voice, right? Yeah, that for my generation is very distinctive, right? With right. The sound. Oh no, I remember so Creed. You just, singing, that was all you hear on the radio for years. Yeah. So him singing a Backstreet Boys song is, is right. so silly and right, right. No, it's it's definitely got and then potential. an Alanis Morissette song and then a Scooby Doo. Right, so. no, that's the kind of thing you. That's the kind of thing you'd see, you know, polished up and done right. You might see on uh, SNL, on, on or, SNL something, or yeah. something. Yeah, no, I could see that as a skit. Yeah, there's there's something there, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. You know who's better than Creed? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. I'm not sure he's really known for his instrumentals. <laughs> no. But that song, Chris, fun yeah. fact, was in a movie called Jerry Maguire. Ah. That song. Right. And uh, we are continuing our Cameron Crowe series, Out of Order. That's right. You know, but that's okay. Yeah. So this, it's it's post say anything, but it's before almost famous, before Vanilla Sky. Okay, so it's so, post say anything. It's post say anything. This yeah. is 1996. Now this movie, Chris, was a huge hit. The budget was 50 million. It made 273 million dollars. Right. It got. Nominated for four Academy Awards in, in big categories. Best yeah. Picture, Best Actor. Cuba Gooding Jr. won for Best Supporting Actor. Right. And it, Cameron Crowe was sort of on the map, but this skyrocketed him right. to being this hugely in-demand person right. as a writer-director. And this was this was his first sort of movie where you see behind the, sort of a behind-the-scenes look at, at a culture, at an industry. 
At, at an industry, yes, yes. He did it. I mean, he did it again. Times and yeah, yeah. You, well, well, Fast Times was just an outright coming of age movie. I mean, yes. You were seeing into the, you know, into the, the sort of the private conversation of all these teens and sort of the inside. But that, but that's been done with teenagers. He's looking behind sports into the negotiation, the deal, the life of the agents, mm-hmm. and all these sort of you know stuff that's the. Uh, the the view the view from the agent from sort of the I'm going to be honest stage. with you, Chris. I'm yeah. going to put this on front screen. Okay. This is a hard movie for me to get into. Right. I've only you're not seen a it twice. Guy. I've only seen it twice. Yeah. And it's it's hard for me to connect with. Like I've been watching Doctor Who, and that's a tough show for me to get into. <laughs> that's a bad comparison, but like I really appreciate Cameron Crowe what he's doing. There's a great flow to this movie, a great energy. Right. There's a great sort of screwball comedy, there's terrific dialogue, and I like all the acting and the performances. But for me, it doesn't add up to, like, oh, I just love this movie more than life itself. Like, the the, way I responded to Almost Famous or something, that's just so... Well, with this movie, uh, I I was going to make a point about Cameron Crowe's... Yes, I'm sorry. uh, I was saying that this is sort of a behind-the-scenes look at the sports Mm -hmm. industry first. I'll I'll, I'll respond to what you said, why I think that's true about why why it doesn't... It doesn't affect you like it does a lot of people, but it's sort of a behind-the-scenes look at the sports industry in a lot of ways. You know, a lot of it's about the life of an agent and what he sees from his perspective, where he knows all these athletes and he sees them on a personal level and a financial level. Uh, he did it again, uh, extremely successfully with Almost Famous, mm-hmm. and he's looking behind the scenes at you know uh, behind the scenes of sort of the rock band when the guys are on tour and the inside. And um, and what was the other movie he did it with? Um, uh, da, 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 da. uh, God, what was the other movie that we just watched? Vanilla Sky. No, not Vanilla Sky. Say before. anything. No, not seeing before. Fast times. Fast times. What was it with? Cameron Crow. Oh, maybe was it, was it Good Morning Vietnam? No, no. Uh, it would have been. Maybe I must be just thinking of almost him. But what he, you talking about, Willis? But he has this way of looking, and and he grabs at all these details and these great aspects of these characters. And in mm-hmm. all those movies, what you see is sort of this. He 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 tells the story of a person or a character yes. with just a few little bites of their conversation, a few little details of his of their life. You see the stoners coming in, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You see Sean Penn and the stoners sort of roll out of this down with all the smoke and stuff and they mm-hmm. just sort of fall out of this thing all half dressed and come to school and in an instant you know what their world is all about i mean you've met these you know you sort of get in the notion of who these guys are and and in uh jerry Maguire, you know you see him in a, he, he's he's coming to work in his office he's got like his power suit on and his tie he's got he's on the phone he's making connections on the phone he's doing all the deals He's in the high power price, the way he talks, you know, just in all these little details and just in a couple of minutes of seeing him striding to the office on the phone, talking to these sports authorities, the conversation, the details, the subtle little details, everything mm-hmm. about the lighting and stuff puts Jerry in the spot yeah. where he's just the center, the focus, you know, he's just going from player to player, person to person, and he knows everybody's name, he just connects with everybody. I find Cameron Crow very relatable, and I want to see what he saw when right. he took interest in the subject matter and I guess the agents based on a real person and this sort of really, thing that fascinated him, what captured his imagination he really, about he, it. I think he sort the of guy really... behind the scenes. He tries to give you the key in the first couple minutes of the show where he's talking about all these different... He's talking about these like high school level athletes and how they're going to become... You know, this guy's scoring 100 points a game. He's a high school player. He's going to be, you know... This guy's going to break huge. 
And so his job is to sort of see these guys, the talent and the raw, as they're coming up and get to them first and create a relationship with them. And, he, and he's talking about the, the gymnasts, the high school, and the kids that are 12, 13, 14 years old and, and how they're already, you know, he's seeing them as millionaires. But he's talking mm-hmm. about the sports industry and how much money mm-hmm. is out there. He's talking about the co- top college draft picks. And, uh, you know, I'd say the, you know, the, the most popular uh, television event single television event is the Super Bowl. The the yeah. cu- the culture of football throughout the US is huge. It's one of the, you know, the biggest draws on television. You're not in touch with that, so you're in the minority on that one. That's one of the reasons it's tough for you. I can understand why it'd be tough for you to to understand this movie because the it football is, cause, culture cause is not a part of your life. when you hear, you know, 4% cut, 15%, I don't know how that translates to right. what's a guy making year, what's his cut, what's right. what's the reality of yeah. that in and out. Right, and when you, and on a football team, you know the the starting quarterbacks. There's there's a dozen guys on the on a football field at any one time yeah. that are that are making four, five, six million dollars a year. You know that have contracts for this much have you know, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, twenty million uh, dollars over a handful of years or whatever it is, and and they're all in transition. You know their 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 net worth is discussed daily. In the sports pages, every little aspect of their lives, you know, a, a slight hamstring pull, how many games are out for, every little detail of their life is sort of dissected for hours at a time by sports commentators constantly. And and this is like a huge deal because, it, you know, everybody's invested in these, even if you don't have any money in the game, even if you're not betting on it, people have their, uh, are invested in these sports teams and it's a you know a fantasy life that they can live in to get them out of the sort of you know their other world of the tedium of their life a lot of times, mm-hmm. and and you know guys that are working you know nine to five jobs or whatever will, you know they get off work or whatever and they're in the bar for the next four or five hours and they're talking sports and stuff and as much as anything it's just a fantasy it's just a way to get out of their normal lives and they're in this world of sports and that's how they relate to their you know their parent their father or their sons or their brothers or you know their buddies in the bar or whatever you know the other men. And as long as they're living in that world, they're sort of safe because they're not the athletes on the field, and they're not, you know, nothing really touches them. Just the emote, they they can just sort of complain about these other guys on the field. And Chris, I think for me, it was a little harder to connect the Jerry Maguire character because he does have to smooth and smooth talk and right. convince he's, people and work people. He's like a high-powered car stuff. salesman. But you, you do see that development of, you see, he really does care he does, for Rod. He goes through and, a transformation where he, and, you know. he, he starts out as this really slick, uh, yeah. sort of really greasy, sleazy car salesman, lawyer kind of guy that's just BSing everybody, just this polished turd, just yeah. really greasing over everybody. and uh, every Just the worst kind of insincere stuff in the beginning of the movie. And every and, and all, the other, uh, all the other agents are sort of like this, and they're just telling... Telling people everything they think they want to hear, you know, they they can't even they can't even come up to you and approach you with and shake your hand without just leaving you feeling, you know, just like oh gross, this guy is just so insincere, and you you know, and uh, and and uh, and so that's how he starts out. And then at the end of the movie, he it's, becomes it's like a real person. It's very cutthroat. It's very yeah. just the drafting and the and he goes through a transformation in the movie. But the but the, no but the but the two main stuff. things when you tell me that you're having a you know. You, you don't feel like this movie is impacting you uh, as much as it seems to have impacted most people. I think yeah. one is because you're not into sports, and two True. is because the relationships, like uh, the way that people are relating to each other, is is so subtle and deep. Um, it's like a tough thing because uh, me and you struggle with relationships. 
We're, we're already That's damaged. True. We're already damaged before we got <laughs> to high school somehow. And, and relationships really are something mm-hmm. um, that me and you are, like, challenged with. So when this movie is about sports... I enjoy sports, that aspect. But yeah, well, I mean, even as an outsider, we can look yeah. at that and see how that goes. Um, but it's not something that we can feel as connected to, I think, as most people. Yeah. So we see that stuff going on, and we can appreciate what's going on, but we, we're we not as deeply affected by the sort of romance that's developing and uh, and and just the... What I want to say, the roller coaster ride emotionally that Jerry's on, going from his shallow relationship mm-hmm. to what starts out as his, you know, his fiance, this girl, who's just abrasive. You know, when he goes to her for for support, when he's having a tough day, she is abrasive and obnoxious and just pours on the abuse. And, uh, and boy, is she attractive, Kelly <laughs> Preston. Yes, isn't she married to John Travolta, Kelly I, Preston? I don't know. Oh, I thought she was. Chris, I'm going to be honest with you. Yes. During this movie, I kept thinking. Wow, Moneyball did it better, and I don't care about baseball. Right. I probably care even less about baseball than football. So why? What do you but think? But I that really was? connected with Moneyball because I really like the Brad Pitt character and his relationship with the daughter, and his intellectual approach wasn't like smoozing people. It was him and Jonah Hill figuring out the the formula and working, and you just he was such a sympathetic character. It right. took a while for me to sympathize with Jerry and feel bad for him. Right. Well, from beginning to end, in Moneyball, uh, Billy Brad Bean, Pitts, yeah, Billy yeah. Bean was the same sort of character. He was a guy that had been yeah. scarred from a He's so likable had been scarred from an early incident in baseball where he was a disappointment. He didn't. He wasn't the player people thought he was, and but he but he was honest and sort of a straight shooter. You yes. Know? Uh, he, he was, you know, he was sort of polite, Yeah. but, but, you know, quickly got to the bottom of things and all these sort of business. It's true, right? He took the Oakland days, had like no wins and then they became champions that year. Right. Based on a true story. Yeah. Uh, more that this guy gets on base, this guy does that. And he, it was more like this puzzle to solve this thing to figure out where really, I feel like Rod Tidwell is the main hero of this story. Right. And Jerry, of course, is a great friend and supportive and works with him, but kind of hitches his wagon to the right star. Right. In a way. Right. And kind of forces him to become the right star, but... Well, he goes... He, he goes I feel the, like I give Rod more credit. He... he right. Right. He, he was the one I that, love the Rod character throughout the whole movie. I'm right. He was him. always lovable. He has this great personality. He's interesting. He's honest he's and he's open. He's, he's yeah, telling he's, him right from the beginning, man. He show has, me the money. We like his marriage. That, right. That's the one we admire, that Jerry admires. Right. You know. And he, and he, and he shoots straight with Jerry. Mm-hmm. He tells him important stuff about what's going wrong with Jerry. Yeah, when Jerry's coming to him and telling him, "Oh, you know, you need to, you need, you need to dance, or you know, you need to, you need to celebrate these things more," and and uh, Tidwell says, "I'm, a, you know, I'm not an entertainer. I'm an athlete." That's how he's feeling. Yeah. Right. And, and, and Jerry's sort yeah. of dancing around these things. He's sort of trying to, you know, work him, and and which is the job that you know the agent does. Uh, yeah. And this, yeah, no, you're right. Um, and maybe Cameron Crowe wanted to go more gray, go more complex. Well, Jerry Jerry Maguire is about a transformation, and it starts out. You see him in the beginning, and it is a transformation. He talks about when he when he he. There was some line about it looks great on the outside. Yeah, or something about it. it's a lot about appearances. No, he writes the right. the, the 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 deal that the, how the movie starts is. Yes, he writes uh, Jerry's a memo. got a Jerry's got a a hockey player or somebody. That mm-hmm. gets a concussion and he wakes up and he's like barely, 
able to remember his family, yeah. who who his family is. And Jerry's confronted. Jerry's telling him, "You're you're great. You're going to be coming back." He's smiling. He's telling him everything's going to be good. And when and the kid asks him how he is, and Jerry shoots him a whole bunch of bullshit about your father's a tank. He can't be hurt. Or yeah. take a tank to crush him or something like that. And the kid goes, "He's had five concussions. You know, don't you think somebody should tell him to stop?" Yeah. And the kid's a straight shooter. He's a the kid's the kid's showing the maturity of an adult. He's genuinely concerned about his father. And and this agent guy, Jerry Maguire character, is coming back with a bunch of little a bunch of bullshit that you tell like a three or you know that you tell a young kid when the kid is trying to have a serious discussion about his father, and the kid tells him "fuck you." Yeah. And showing all the maturity, all the everything that's appropriate about you know how an adult, a responsible person acts, and and Jerry Maguire is just stunned by this because all this bullshit has just been handed right back to him, and now he goes home and he. You know, he's like he can't he can't be this person, this false, you know, car salesman, just slick, you know, greasy BSer that he's been his whole life. He he yeah. goes home and he, he went so to he bed and he grew a conscience. Grew a conscience, right? And so he writes this mission statement to say, okay, I I can't do this job that I've been doing anymore. Yeah. This is how I want to do the job. And he writes a mission statement, and that's and less he clients, it to his whole more company. time. Yeah, fewer clients, better quality, mm-hmm. better service. Um, you know, this is, and, and basically that's, that's his conscience speaking. So yeah. he, he can't be the sleazy guy that he was that's, that's just making the quick buck and telling people what they want to hear to get what he wants. That's manipulating all these guys. And he gets a lot less clients as a result of that. Well, yeah. So he goes to his company and he makes a career killing move, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, they have to be, his company has polite about it at first, but, but, uh, and, and when he comes to the office and he hands this thing out and he gets a round of applause from his coworkers and he says, this is where my life starts. Yeah. And from there on, he's, he's, be, he's in, he begins the process of becoming a different person, a person who's going to obey his conscience instead of his sort of accountant. Yeah, and Bob Sugar isn't like this. Right. He's the only one. He's, he's, he's polite, he's polite, and he's BSing him. You know, Bob Sugar is polite, and he's BSing him, he's clapping yeah. and stuff like that. But he, he's already, he decides as soon as he sees this thing that he's going to fire the guy in a week. It's gonna... I liked that rivalry. I responded well to that. Right. Because you kind of want Jerry to get punished a little bit, and, and you kind of like that Sugar is is beating him at his own game, and and they're both on the phone making these calls and trying to get right. these clients, and right. Bob Sugar is just a better BSer. He's Jerry well, gets put in his place in a big bad way. He's yeah. Well, Sugar saw Jerry. Jerry didn't see this thing coming. Yeah, and they and they, they say as much at lunch. You know, Jerry. They sit down to lunch, and and Sugar says, you know, Bob Sugar says, it's all uh, about Chris. I figure it's all about the true climax of this movie right. is Jerry and Rod hugging at the end of the movie. Right. You see it in the embrace. Yeah. That that's the true epitome of they, like this. They have this real relationship and this right. friendship. Well, they they go through a lot of stuff together, and you yeah. see the transformation early on. And they're they're taking advice from each other, career advice, and you see when the guys like to Bob, why don't we hug like that? Yeah, <laughs> why don't we have that kind of relationship? Yeah. yeah, the other client, and so you start seeing that. Uh, yeah, that that that's a desirable quality, um, and that he's going to be successful. That other you know other players are going to want that kind of a relationship with their agent. Um, but we see this transformation, and he goes from the shallow guy with this girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Who's basically just a sex toy to him, um, to this maturity. We see Jerry Maguire going through this transformation from being just this really shallow person yeah. to a to a mature person who's 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 learning to be intimate, who's mm-hmm. learning to share stuff with his friends, who's learning to hear what people are saying, 
who's learning, you know, to be appreciative yeah. of, of real uh, friendships where people say the hard things to each other. Mm-hmm. Now, Renee Zellweger <laughs> makes this movie worthwhile, For in you. my opinion. Yeah. Okay. She's impossibly good-looking in this movie. <laughs> she it's... is at her prime. She is... One of the most attractive actresses on earth in this movie. Okay. I, I, I would say that a, a good chunk of that. I'm it not saying wonderful. she's not attractive. I'm saying she's especially attractive in this thing because she's so vulnerable. So we have all these it's, great scenes where she's she just so desperate. Big lips, big eyes, a small chin. She's pale, <laughs> right. sickly, right. and she's just amazing. It's, I would say it's not a so, it's not a glamorous role. She's not playing a I role. fell in love with her in this movie she's, many times it, over. There's only like one scene yeah. where she's where Forget she's like Rachel, made up, all about where she's made up to be pretty. Over. Most of the time she's just sort of playing this this yeah. secretary, this office girl. Or or this mom, this sort of frumpy mom. Yeah. Who, you know, she's not especially dressed up. She's not going out. There's there's one scene where they go out to a restaurant and she wears the, the Audrey Hepburn dress thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the movie, she's she's not in a glamorous role. She's like in a sort of a desperate, vulnerable, you know, my God, I never yeah. get to have sex. I, I've had three lovers in four years. I like what Crow does with this character. He writes her very well. Yeah. She is strong. She's very sympathetic. She's a good mom. Her ex passed away. She has this relationship with her sister. That's right. good. She's brave enough to take the risk and go with Jerry and stuff. Right. And, you know, it was an interesting relationship because she very much kind of admires him and worships him from the get-go. And they get married, which was this hasty decision. Mm. And but it's in line for the character yeah. that he would do that because he's thinking there's a financial benefit. It's, it's, it's it almost sense. hard to watch him get married because you just see the way that the way the proposal comes. They're just they're both desperate financially, mm-hmm. and they're they're basically just trying to find. You know, Jerry's just like backed against the wall. He can't he can't afford to pay her. He can't afford to have her. And the only way that he can afford to keep her in town, and she's basically his only friend. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Uh, he's got a relationship with Tidwell, but he but it's, it is abrasive. It it's, is. it's 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 yeah. It's it's not. He's not like a safe person. He's his client, mm-hmm. so he can't afford. You know, Jerry's not. He hasn't got a history of where he can open up to his clients. You know, that's it's coming. Yeah. By the end of the movie, they're good friends. They're tight. And they've been through a lot. And he's more successful. But, I mean, but he makes but it, but it, but his history with his clients is that he manipulates them, and he works them. And they're not a safe place for him to go and open up to, um, you know, when he's when he's hurting, and he's only just, you know, Rod Tidwell. You get the sense is the first guy that he's 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 doing that with. Previously, all of his friends were as all his other buddies that he worked with with at SMI. That's what I'm less. saying. Rod is the real hero here because right. he gets injured, unconscious. The wife Jerry calls the wife. And because, she's crying and very torn up, and Jerry realizes. If I got injured, no one would give a shit about me. Like, no one would come calling and be worried and whatever. And I want, with Dorothy, that kind of relationship where someone cares about me and I care about someone and I'm invested into someone. Right. Cares to the part where they're desperate to connect to that person. Yes. And and Jerry realizes that, that he has a woman 
that is desperate to connect with him. Yeah. And that he is desperate to connect with But Rod with points her. out, he's like, why are you here and not at home? You could have told me this stuff on the phone. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Why are they growing apart? There's a distance yeah. there. He has yeah. his mind on, Jerry wants to be back on top. He had he a doesn't... taste of the good life. He, he wants that back, and he knows that he normally wouldn't have been with someone like Dorothy. That he's, was, he's it with... was a circumstantial thing right. that put them together, even though he does grow to love her and really like her and he's... realize that she's the best thing that's right. happened to him. No, no, what I'm Second saying best. is... Rod's the best thing that's ever happened he's, to him. He's, he doesn't know how to be intimate, mm-hmm. and he gets to a point... He's got he's great at being a friend, a quote, friend. Yeah. Which is... Which in this she movie... She says, you really like me. Yeah. But she doesn't say love. Yeah. So that's what they're getting at there. Right. He doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to open up mm-hmm. to her, how to totally trust her, and how to share his feelings. He doesn't share his feelings. He he, I think he shares his feelings with Rod before he shares his feelings with, uh, with uh, Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah. yeah, in a lot of ways, he you know, um, because the the first the first big thing that hits him. Well, he 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 gets kicked out of SMI, mm-hmm. um, but he's still thinking. That if he if he signs Kush, if he locks up Kush, he's in good shape. Yeah. He's got Rod. He's got Rod more or less. And then he goes to Kush's house. He shakes hands with the father, so he thinks he's you know he's the yeah. front runner the for that deal. Says no contracts. Right. And so he's thinking that he's he's and he's happy after he shakes heads with him. He's happy. He's yeah. celebrating. He's feeling like his career's still in place. But when he loses Kush, when his, he finds out from his father that he signed with. With Bob Sugar, that's when his life really becomes a catastrophe, because he 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 at the same night he goes to his his fiance mm-hmm. for support. You know he's telling her, and she's just bad mouthing him and telling him what a loser you know he is and and how how wrong he did everything. And he realizes that this is not a relationship that he wants. You know he's he can't be married to this woman. This is yeah. not this is not anything that's going to be good for him. And he's and he is totally friendless. Yeah, and, and and on the trip home, he's with Rod Tidwell, and he's you know Jerry's getting drunk, and Tidwell is grabbing his hand, saying, "I'm stuck. We're stuck with you. I, you know, I'm gonna stick with you because I said I would, and we're in this together, and I'm gonna ride your ass like Zorro if I have to, to show till you show me the money." And he realizes that he's locked in it with Rod, and mm-hmm. and this is like the you know so in a sense, and he opens up to Rod. He tells Rod that he's cloaked in failure. Mm. And he starts telling him these details of how his, he lost his big client. He's complaining to Rod. He's, he's he, and Rod's the only guy now. He's the closest person in the world. So he's opened up to Rod for the first time in his life. He's just so desperate. He's at the bottom. He tried to open up to his girlfriend, and she came and just pounded him. And so Chris, when he comes me, back me, to Dorothy, mm-hmm. he's only got Dorothy and Rod. Let me express something if right. I can. Let me just say this monologue, if you will. This movie did teach me something because right. Dorothy says. I love him for the man he can be and the he man he almost be. is. The and man he wants to be and the man and he, he almost is. is. And <laughs> I think that says something very honest about the female brain. This cliche about wanting to change a man or investing in a man right. for what he can be. The guy has goals. The guy has ambitions. And that is attractive to a woman. You don't necessarily have to have it all now or all figured out now. But this is a guy with passion and dreams he's driven this is right. a guy with a motor right who's gonna keep going right okay so but if, well I, I think I think anybody you yeah. have to have some so let me, needs let me just say this let me just say this okay this is the so this is what happens in the relationship is 
he starts off above her and he's in this this great passion and energy. She's very drawn to that. Then they get together, he sings lower and lower and marries her when he's at that low state and he becomes this toothless tiger, this guy without the heart of the mojo like he once right. was and he has to get his get it back he get has the a, man get his teeth back right you know what i'm saying right he had a, when he was working at smi he had his hand in the pot for all these contracts he was getting four percent for all these things mm-hmm. he got kicked out of there he's down to the, he had two prospects he loses cushman all he's got left is tidwell and that contract negotiation is not going well so he's got like next to you know dorothy tells him he's got next to no income so he's yeah. So he has gone from from having a from the sky's the limit to having you know almost no prospects, and and he's he's just really almost kicked himself out of the industry with this you know mission statement that he's made. He's and he can't be alone. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that can't be alone. He's only got Rod and Dorothy left, you know, and he, and he hasn't really opened up to Dorothy. Mm-hmm. And so yes, he's at a he's at the bottom, and he and he and he makes this sort of half-ass proposal like there's a way that I could afford you know, to support <laughs> to keep you. you around. Yeah. yeah, if we got married and we lived together, then then you know then we could afford to you know to 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 be in the company together. He uh, and she, of course, is just. Uh, Have you heard this general idea that the man wants the woman to never change? And the woman marries the man hoping he will change. Expecting him to change. Yeah. The man marries the woman hoping she'll never change. The woman marries the man hoping he will change. Uh, I don't think I've heard it expressed like expressed that like outright. That. But, yeah, I've heard but, that from yeah, lots of sources. Certainly. certainly. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think I've seen it common. You know, you see a, a, it's a common theme in movies and TV yeah. where the woman sort of, you know, manipulates the man. She's going to motivate him. Uh, she's going to sort of yeah. craft him and, and style him. Um, you know, she invests in him. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, the, the idea is that behind every, you know, you hear the saying fre- frequently behind every great man is a great woman. And, and yeah, the well, idea is back there that this woman so, is sort of supporting and crafting and manipulate, you know, steering this, yeah, this it's man. Bullshit. So, but the point is mm-hmm. that I forgot my point. I'm sorry. No, the, you said that the women, the man, the man sees the woman, and the she, woman he doesn't want the, he doesn't oh, want the woman no. to change. So the point is, it, it's it's just sort of like what you see is what you get. With if, the man, if you can kind of, oh. if you're with someone long enough, you get to know the person. You can kind of see like this is the speed they moved at. This is their trajectory. Mm. This is sort of with their motors, how driven they are. Right. So it's okay to be like, oh, I know this person's going places and doing this, yeah. but you. You like that person for where they are right now in their life because you know the kind of person they are. It shouldn't be about, I want to marry the, the you in 10 years, you know, that version of you. So I'm marrying the you right now because then you'll become that person well, in 10 years. Because then that's a miserable 10 years right. before you become that person. No, we, we see a lot. That, you know, one of the common themes. Yeah, I like the fact that you want to go somewhere that you have. We see. We see this it's goal, it's this a pretty common theme in, in movies that men tend to be sort of immature. Yeah. You know, they hit eighteen, nineteen, or whatever, and 
Um, there's a lot of guys that are sort of, yeah. I mean, some guys are extremely motivated, you know, and the sky's the limit. They're just pushing for success. They yeah. want money. Like they're greed oriented. Mm-hmm. Right. No, not like <laughs> they're just greed oriented, but there's a lot oh, of guys that are, greedy, there's a lot of guys that are just sort of, they're content to work the same. They'd be content to work the sort of the same jobs mm-hmm. and they just want to come home, sort of get drunk or buzzed and watch sports or play video games or do something like that. They're sort of these big, Woo. you know, little boys or something. Internet porn. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they get their wives, you know, but their wives are coming in nagging them saying oh no we got to have a better house oh no we're having more kids we got to have a you know better cars but you know sort of pushing them to to for more to get done something like that and and that's kind of a that's a theme you'll see a lot in movies and stuff uh i, I, I just I, had a revelation yeah go ahead so jerry and and uh rod are reversed yeah so rod has his heart is at home his mind is in the game yeah jerry his heart is at work right his mind is at home. Yeah. So then he has to learn the opposite. Right. To have his heart at his home life. Right. Because Jerry does love what he's doing. He loves his job. Right. He loves that. He's not doing the job for Dorothy. He's right. doing it for himself. Right. Because he's always going to be driven to do that. Right. So there you go. You're welcome. Yeah. For that insight. That That's that's pretty good. That's good. You can yeah. take that to the bank. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So... so I didn't really think Rod needed all that much development. It seemed like his heart was in the game. But what he was overly concerned with was what people thought of him, his reputation. No. If the cameras were on him. I think he really does love the game, but it was the other people's perception of him. That that's what was distracting him. No, Jerry Jerry brings some some, some important stuff to the table. right, damn it. You're not okay. Fine. Jerry, there's a couple of there's a couple I of moments that Rod has with that Rod and Jerry have. Yes. Uh, the first time that Jerry goes to negotiate Rod Rod's contract, Rod, and and Jerry's telling him that you need to celebrate more. You need to play with your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Rod comes back with, "I'm not an entertainer. You know, I'm not going to dance. You know, you got to get me. You know, you got to go get him to show me the money. I'm performing. Look at my stats. Look at my stuff i'm not going to dance for him and jerry's trying to tell him you got to show some joy you know that's going to count for that's going to help me negotiate help me help you kind of thing that's going to help me negotiate when they say you celebrate that makes you you know worth more and he he tells them later on they're they're after jerry's married they have the other discussion where where jerry tells them the thing about your you know if you showed as much heart for the game as you do for your wife and your kids you know you celebrate your wife and your kids and you're glad to be there he goes, that's brilliant. He goes, when you play the game, you're a paycheck player. When was he not celebrating that? What what's evidence did we have then? His heart wasn't in, or that you know. They didn't show it a lot. You had mostly you had mostly Jerry saying it. The evidence was, I mean, they they didn't yeah, they didn't show him being standoffish. They they Jerry says to him, uh, you know, the the yeah. the commentators they say that here's a guy, you know, who's always who stands he's bummed out media. in the locker room that he's Pardon? not being interviewed. Right, he he is. But the commentators say, here's a guy who stands up, you know, he, he's kind of standoffish, you know, he yeah. pushes away the media, he doesn't want to talk to anybody, he, you know, he's sort of always in a bad mood. Jerry tells him, you're, you're a paycheck player, you know, you're always complaining about, you know, when you're playing, it's always about, you know, who's all, the, money, yeah, all the bad breaks, all the bad plays that they're giving you, they're not throwing it to you right, you know, they're making you take all these hits, all the other problems, you know, why everything is everybody else's fault. He goes, where's that little kid that used to enjoy the game and just enjoy, you know, playing the yeah. game? Can't you know? Why can't you enjoy it? Play it with your heart, like you do your relationship at home. Why can't you enjoy? So was that a real truth, or was Jerry manipulating him 
to make him like dance more and be more PR friendly and it was it was both it was a genuine truth about the way that he played mm-hmm. it's it's costing him money when when he doesn't talk to the press it's it's costing him his image you know when when he doesn't talk to the press when he stands everybody off nobody wants you know that guy that never talks to anybody that that is always in a foul mood. Nobody wants that guy representing their products. So when he talks about he can't get sponsors, he can't get Nike, he can't get Reebok, yeah. he can't get these other, uh, all you know, all this all this marketing companies with him. Well, hello, you know, look at your attitude. You know, when you're on the game, you're always in a bad mood. You're always pissed off at everybody. You're always blaming and pointing fingers and stuff. Yeah. So so Jerry's right to Here, tell here's him. Here's the thing, Chris. Here's yeah. the thing. Okay, and this is my own ignorance and not knowing how things work. Right. So we see him, he doesn't want to get on the camel for the commercial. Right. Okay. He's arguing with the and, director. And I'm thinking, like, I don't know where this guy stands in his career where it's like, well, maybe he shouldn't get on the camera, right. camel. camel. Maybe maybe the commercial is stupid. Right. Or maybe There's he, a dignity Or issue. maybe he should get on the camel because yeah. he should be grateful that he's getting this extra money or this thing yeah. and helping Jerry out. Well, maybe he's uh, settling or stooping too low. Like, I don't know where the guy right. stood right. to agree one way or another. I, th- I, th- I think the, the tip-off... I was torn. Right, and you're right. I think the tip-off there is that the way that his character is dealing with the director, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Tidwell is angry. He's arguing yeah. with the director. He's not trying to be constructive into how can we resolve this thing yeah. is is, well, it doesn't lend dignity to my character. He's not yeah. calm and cool and relating in a friendly way. He's visibly angry at the guy. He doesn't want yeah. to be in that commercial to begin with because it's, it's not a Jerry national campaign. You there to wrangle him. And, to and that's how he isn't in dealing line. with, you know, every time you see him dealing with the other players or dealing with anybody in his industry, he's, con- he, you know, he's, he's confrontative. He's yeah. angry. He's upset. And that's what Jerry means when he says he's not playing with his heart. He's not contributing to a constructive solution, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what Jerry means. You know, Jerry, wherever Jerry is, no matter what bad mood yeah. Jerry's in, he's he's pretending that he's in a good mood. So he shouldn't be biting the hand that feeds him. Right. At that point in his career, at right. that stage. It's know? costing him money to have that yeah. attitude. Jerry's like, look, I, I, you know, moved mountains to get you this camel commercial. Right. Whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. No, he, but he, 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 he deals straight with him. He tells him what was great for you. When they're in the... Uh, they're in the the drafting early yeah. in the movie, and he takes them around and he introduces them to all the reporters, and he's in a good mood. And then he's at the end, he says, "I haven't got no, you know, I hate Reebok or something like that." And Jerry tells him, for, "You know what was brilliant is that for about five minutes, you know, you didn't have that giant chip on your shoulder." Uh-huh. And he was, he was in a good mood. He was friendly. He was, you know, and he enjoyed the thing. He, you know, he wasn't happy mm-hmm. about going there to the first place, but then he started talking to people and opening up and being a friendly guy. Jerry tells him that's good. He goes, but you always got this chip on your shoulder, you know, when he comes. Yeah, that's start, fair. Okay. And, and so that's what that's what you see. He's always complaining about all the little injustices, and he's not. Yeah, you know, makes good. him hard to work with. Yeah. And so Jerry eggs him on to right, and that's the thing. So so when Jerry's telling him, you got to celebrate the game, you got to enjoy the game, you got to you know have that joy that a little that you had when you were a little kid playing the game. Didn't you ever have that joy? Mm-hmm. And and you see, Rod Tibbell's thinking about him. What the hell is he talking about? Right. That he doesn't have that joy. He yeah. doesn't enjoy his job. He's there trying to make a living, you know. Yeah. Do we like Kush in this movie? Is does he himself seem agreeable? Because uh, the cameras love him, and the right. Press loves he's him. almost comedic and just in how a, he's kind of laid back. He he's on the guitar. He's not really sweating. He's it. just got such a he's bad. I, you know, where Rod is so high strung. Right. I mean, like, oh, that's where people respond to Kush. 
Kush Kush has just got such a bad attitude. He's just Does me, he, me, though? me. Everything he's just celebrating himself. He's only talking about himself. But he's also easygoing and and seems generally like Well, he's got the world at his feet. And he's, yeah. and he's not How could he not be in a good mood and Yeah, of course he's yeah, in a good mood. What he's not being is magnanimous. He's not fighting, yeah. He's he's not sharing the moment with his father or with his family or anything else. He's just I mean, celebrating. The father's himself. there at the meetings. I mean, he's right, right. But he's not in that hotel and stuff. Right, but he's not telling everybody what a good job his father's doing for him, how his father's been helping him, how his family's been supportive. He's singing song Kush about how you know being Cushman and how he's tired of everybody talking about him and so mm-hmm. it's just everything that he's doing is more self-serving. He's just talking about all the you know yeah. ten, he's just. I mean, of course, we don't like that he signed with with Bob Sugar. Just the oh right, his father's just done the sleaziest thing and trying yeah. to tell him he's trying to pretend like it's a rookie mistake, but he's got the you know he's got the two agents you know he's got them competing against each other to try and negotiate these deals, and it's just the sleaziest worth ethics ever. Mm-hmm. He's as much you know he shook Jerry's hand and he's told him you know I'm dealing with you I don't I'm not into signing anything and then he goes and signs with Sugar. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't get any any more diabolical, any more you know sleazy than that. Chris, I just I just want to say this right. that I think I, I appreciate this movie as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Probably how much you like Vanilla Sky, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's kind of limited. Yeah. Because to me, Jerry is like my fourth favorite character. Yeah. And he's the one who's in every scene. Yeah. So we're kind of like. The he's movie. carrying this movie, but he's like my fourth favorite. The movie, like I love Tidwell, right. I love Dorothy, I love uh, the sister. I love the little as kids. Well, the kids great. <laughs> no, Bonnie yeah. Hunt is great. I'm I'm with you there. Uh, Jerry... I, I even like Bob Sugar. I think he's just this this funny villain, just this this right. great stereotype right. of no. an archetype of a person. Right. No, they 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 play out these characters in these you scenes know. with this great dialogue. Um, I'm, you almost, I'm almost at the point where you think, like, having watched this enough times, yeah. uh, Tom Cruise should lose an Oscar <laughs> for, for not doing a better job in this thing. I don't, I don't, you know, just, he almost seems like like a weaker link, he's the, <laughs> and he's, he's the one who has to well, carry he's, it. He, he's good looking, you know? so he's easy to watch. You know, he's good yeah. looking, he's easy to watch. He he does a lot of dramatic acting in this thing, but you have so many other Sometimes characters. Too dramatic. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I'm saying that the the character, the script for the character, the character goes through a lot, goes through a yeah. lot of stuff in this thing. There's a lot of opportunities, uh, but there's so many there's so many other characters in this movie that are so hilarious, that are so hilarious and entertaining. Yeah, these little tiny roles. Uh, the 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 nanny, the au pair, Todd Luiso, does this guy who's just totally wrapped up in this completely different world of jazz, and it's hysterical. Uh, the little kids in the movie. Yeah, that both, was funny. Both Dorothy Boyd's little boy and then the Tidwell's little kid. You know, they're hilarious to watch. Um, you know, Dorothy and then uh, um, uh, Tidwell's wife. I forget what her name is. But she, uh, Regina King does a great job, you know, in all her scenes. She's excellent. Uh, Tidwell's brothers. Uh, Sugar. Uh, Cushman. You know, mm-hmm. all these guys. Uh, Cooper Gooding Jr. does a phenomenal... Who won the yeah. Oscar does phenomenal... T- but all these oh, other actors, you know, with big and small roles in the movie, yeah. uh, Dorothy's Dorothy's sister and all the girls in her club, you know, and, and they're just have these, you know, they're like two and three, you know, 20, 30 seconds, you know, 10 seconds yeah. here, 30 seconds. And the, and Cameron Crowe just does such a great deal, 
great job of getting so much information, so much insights out of these, you know, just 10 seconds with these women. Some of them aren't even saying anything, just the way they're looking and the way yeah. they're responding to the scene. Um, Honestly, I, I like it more when I look at, like, Rod as the main character and Dorothy as the second main right. character. When I think these are my, these are the people I'm rooting for that I like. <laughs> that you, and then Jerry's right. just kind of there to, it's like, ah, like, oh, guy, that's he, not that he's, guy. He's a part of their story. He's, like, story. struggling to keep up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, he's... Uh, He's there for their benefit, right? No, because I like Tom Cruise overall. Right. Uh, there are other movies that I like more that that Tom Cruise are in or his performance and his right. characters. I do like Tom Cruise. Yeah. But it, it was this was a tougher movie for him to carry. There's there's, a, just, there's, there's so many mixed so many, emotions of. The, well, I think Crow does just does such a great job of yeah. Capturing, like that was the point, you know. He he almost uses all these other characters, these these actors that put in these just these phenomenal jobs sort of reflecting the environment around tom cruise's character mm -hmm. you know when when, when the, uh, i'll give you an example as, as cruise comes home and he's uh comes back from uh from breaking up with avery and losing kush and he's drunk and he comes over or he's buzzed yeah comes over to dorothy's house and he, you know and he hugs her sister he hugs laurel as she yeah, comes in the door honest. right yeah. Right, for being honest. And Laurel does a great... You see, like, Laurel's reaction to her being hugged. She's, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she, like, but, and then... Uh, but Tom Cruise comes in and he tells Dorothy that he's lost Cush and broken up with his fiance. And and Renee Zellweger's back there and her reaction. She's not saying anything. She's just reaction to this thing in the background. Totally upstages Tom Cruise. Yeah. You know, you watch her going, oh my God, you know, and the mouthing mm -hmm. and, and the way that she's reacting and moving and totally upstages yeah. Cruz in this thing without any lines. Yeah, so it's interesting that Crow went there. I think that was what drew him is that challenge of... But every character, it seems like, it seems it's, like it's not like, one or two... It's not one or two actors that do it. But look, the social network, yeah. Zuckerberg is a jerk in that movie, right. but he's so captivating and interesting, and right. just, he carries it. Exactly, exactly. So the way right. Aaron Sorkin handles that right. character is so great. Now, who would you say, if we didn't have Tom Cruise to play this role, you were telling me who? Brad Pitt. Not Brad Pitt, <laughs> no, no, no. you said Robin Williams. Rob I did say Robin Williams. I was half joking, but I think Robin can do anything. Well, Robin would. Uh, you wonder if Robin would almost. Uh, I'm thinking, would Robin ruin it by stealing all the scenes? Well, I like the zaniness of a down on his luck guy, but still very positive and yeah. and trying to keep things going and you, you, and, and you, you need back. a guy. Uh, yeah, certainly Brad Pitt. You need a guy yeah. that can that can pull off this sort of sleazy, greasy manipulator, car salesman type that Cruz does early on. Cruz has a huge advantage because he's so good looking, so he fits into that role. I think, yeah. Uh, Robin Williams not quite as good looking. You wonder, he, you know, as the salesman, sort of the salesman guy. Um, yeah. you, you, you empath. I think because he's not as good looking as Cruz, you empathize with him more. Cruz, you see him as this car salesman. He does the shallow because he's good looking. You know, he has the advantage. He does this sort of shallow character early in the movie really good. Um, he does the transformation really well. Um, yeah, it's hard to make that role super likable, I guess. You're There's not a trying lot to make it likable, there. you're just trying to present it as entertaining, I think, is the job. And Cruz does. He does, no, he, he does. 
you know, I guess the, the best I could imagine him doing. Right. No, he's not supposed to be likable in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the whole thing that Cameron Crowe does. He's not supposed to be likable. You see him going through this transformation where he comes in drunk, and yeah. all of a sudden you start identifying, you know, you see him lose his his whole status. You know, he goes from being this, you know, one of the top guys in his industry, and within a couple of days he loses Cushman, he loses his fiance. He realizes the guy, all these hundreds of people that at the office that were his friends, are yeah. not his friends. Nobody wants to join him in his company. Yeah, you know when he's been honest, and, and, and all of a sudden yeah. he starts becoming more likable. And I admit there there is a disconnect with me understanding what an agent does and how yeah. he operates and what that archetype well, is and how well, well how accurate he delivered on that archetype. He could have nailed it, but I wouldn't know if yeah. he nailed it. You know, I no. He takes the fish with him from the office. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's telling you something about it. He says the fish have manners. Like, he decides to take the fish with him because uh, because the fish somehow have manners. All these other guys in his office, everybody, his whole career, he's been, um, you know, just smiles and, yeah. and and butterflies and rainbows to your face, and then stealing out of your, you know. Just sort of conniving and manipulating behind your back. That's how he and, he and he decides to become a real person. I'm just glancing at this list real quick. Okay. A Few Good Men. I loved Cruz in that. Right. I thought he did a great job. Um, Rain Man, I thought he was great in. Right. I liked him in Middle of the Sky. Um, yeah. Uh, Minority Porn. I loved him in that. Yeah. So I do like him in some roles, and and these aren't action movies; these are genuine dramatic roles. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, and uh, well, the, there's a difference between did you did you like Cruz's performance and did you like his character? No, you didn't like his character early on. Uh, you found him more likable. He did a good transformation in the movie. Yeah, I thought it's sort of tough to have. Uh, I think it's just he's surrounded by Cameron Crowe just puts him in a place. Well, he's, he's in every scene though. That's the right. tough part. Is but he, but Cameron Crowe puts him in puts him up against all these other characters that are so likable and enjoyable to watch. He he's our avatar into this world though. We have to follow him on this journey. Journey, right? You know, and I'm right. kind of rolling my eyes at this guy the whole time. <laughs> right, right. Sort of. So that's sort of the odd thing with him. Right. He's sort of so shallow and so. But I, I would. Social so Network down. is is my only comparison. Comparison, right? Like we don't like Zuckerberg. Right. I mean, we 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 like that he's a genius. You don't like he, him at any he part. He had this movie. idea. We we admire the genius of him. But he never becomes sort of a nice guy. He's always the same. That him and Eduardo wrote this formula and created. But he doesn't thing go through a transformation. Whatever. But like he's good at something. Yeah. You know. And I guess. Cruz, I guess Jerry was good at something, but I didn't see that aspect of him that much. Like, that would have been the likable thing about him, is to see him and his element no, being the, good at something. But what's likable... But instead, we see him groveling. Yeah. That's what we see. We don't like... Uh, uh, no, I think you're missing the fact that he goes through a transformation. He goes from being Probably. Like sleazy, I'm missing a lot sleazy, facts. shallow guy in the beginning... I'm missing a lot. He goes from being the sleazy, shallow guy in the beginning where he's just seducing, trying to tell this hockey player everything's good, everything's fine, you woke up from your coma, yeah. and trying to, trying to bullshit the kid. And he goes from being that guy to the guy that hugs Rod, that straight, that shoots straight with Rod Tedwell, tells him, you got to learn to enjoy the game. you got to, you know, yeah. you got to stop bitching and moaning because that's 
what's costing him. That's what's keeping him from being the player. He was, tells him you got to play with your heart. But I wouldn't want to listen to Jerry. I wouldn't want to follow his <laughs> advice. You know. Right. <laughs> but no. But that's what makes him worth the money. That's that's the transformation he goes through. He goes through learning how to love Re- Renee Zellweger instead of just being a good friend and being desperate. He, from he's a an abrasive character. Like all the Stillwater guys he, have their problems, but they're kind of mellow about it. Yeah. You know, so just a different kind of character. I see him going through this transformation where he becomes the guy that that he should be, mm-hmm. and becomes this guy that's different from everybody else and all the other managers in sports because he learns how to shoot straight with Tidwell, he learns how to how to receive affection and become he he learn he realizes that he's desperate for love and how to become intimate with Renee Zellweger. Yes, and then the other thing is. I would be more interested in the business side, so what's the nature of the contract, what's the negotiation, if the guy gets injured, doesn't get money, right. how do you get this amount, what's what's going on, how do you trade, you have I like a lot that of, stuff. You have a lot of money issues anyways, and you're sort of, I, I see you as being really Well, I find that kind of interesting, focused. and they had some of that in Moneyball that I found interesting right. with, with trading, and sometimes you just drop a player and you don't trade him, and sometimes you do this. Right. It was an interesting business side, and this just makes me want to watch Moneyball. Can we watch Moneyball one day? Yes. Can we add that to the list? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, but I appreciate the fuck out of Cameron Crowe. The guy's a genius. <laughs> he should, you think he should have so cast Brad Pitt in this role instead of Tom Cruise? <laughs> how much, how much, would it have cost him more money to go with Pitt? If, I don't you know. know in 1996 if it would have. Yeah. Pitt got, uh, he, he got nominated for Moneyball, too. Yeah. It was a great performance. It's kind of more nuanced, though, in a way. Like, it's kind of a mellow performance Brad Pitt gives. Where Cruz has this energy of... He's at dinner with her in the Mexican restaurant, and he's like... When you first met me, I was like, ah! And he's kind of flailing his arms. Yeah. Like, there's kind of this weird zaniness to the role. But Brad Pitt was just like this cool, lovable guy. Well, Brad Pitt is... Brad Pitt has the range. He could have done the this role in a sleep I think yeah he's done he's done weirder characters it's just, I don't... It's, just it's a sleazy character that's, yeah that's all I can say about Jerry like it he develops I like him more at the end you know yeah but I can I could easily see Brad Pitt doing this thing in his sleep <laughs> but he, you know you have the he would start out more with like the guy he yeah. was in Ocean's Eleven or or something like that and yeah, he I mean, Cameron to his Moneyball character. Cameron's great at casting. Into a more of a Billy Bean character. Um, but I think if you tell me, look, we're not really supposed to like Jerry that much. We're yeah. supposed to like these supporting characters, and then we grow to tolerate and like Jerry a little bit. <laughs> then I'll be like, okay, if if that was the point, then I'm on board because that's what I felt. Is that I didn't like him they that much. They did tell you that. Yeah. So he, if, he if that's, says it. He says it right in the movie. He comes if that's out. That's the point. Then like okay. The day that he the you day conveyed that, he, that. The day that he passes out his mission statement to everybody in the office, and they're all going yay, and they're holding it up and they're celebrating, and he gets a round of applause, and he's standing there, and he says, "This is where my life starts." That's the key that he's going to go through a transformation. Yeah, but then he then <laughs> he goes lower to that point. That's kind of what do you mean he goes lower. Yeah, he does... because he's transform. He's going through a character. It's a character. But he stoops down low, and then he goes high again because he's kind of 
financially he yeah, gets low, some... but his character gets better through the from there on. He's, he be, he becomes more of a straight shooter. He be, starts becoming more and more yeah. honest with people. No, we like the mission statements, but then he loses everything and he gets depressed and he's he's he becomes desperate. So we don't like that so much. But then he starts to. To but he's more back. honest. He doesn't get less honest. He becomes more... The whole time, he's be, his character is improving. He so has, you really like the character of Jerry Maguire? Uh, yeah, he becomes yeah. more likable. I understand him. He does. Not just from the mission statement forward, because that happens in the first ten minutes. Yeah. You know? I'm thinking he likes... He becomes likable when he hugs Ron. <laughs> That's when he becomes likable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying it's not just the oh he gets better from that moment to that moment. There's the whole section in the middle where like he's just not that likable of a guy. It's a transformation. The whole movie's going through a transformation. Yeah, but it's an up and down. It's not all like steady improvement till the end. The transformation is it's continuous. It's an up and down transformation. The trans- no, the, the you win some, you lose some. Life is up and down. All the th- events that are happening are up and down, but his character is steadily transforming. Yeah. The character is steadily improving. He goes from a guy that's extremely yeah. shadow, shallow, and he starts learning. You know, he starts. But we agree the marriage proposal was unwise, and he had not great motivations. There were good and well, bad. He was it was desperate. mixed. It was, was desperate. desperate. Right. So, but it was still better. So than you not can't pro- say, "Oh, we like him from the mission <laughs> statement," and then we like him more and more and more, progressively until the end. I can't say that. He becomes wrong when he, when he it's does. ups and downs. It's a whole series of all or nothing. Yeah, but, you're talking about two different things. It's a mixed bag of a transformation. You're confusing his mood with his transformation. They're two different things. The concept that he's that he was a character who was sleazy and shallow yeah. and money oriented to the fact that he values relationships and, and is a straight shooter and, and learns how to express his emotions. Yeah. But he still makes mistakes along the way of his transformation. Is what I'm saying. A transformation is a process. He's of course, still a flawed character. Everybody's making mistakes. It doesn't go from likable to more likable. Within that gap, there's mistakes and there's flaws and there's yeah, but even when he's likable, he's going to make mistakes. It's all life is always a process. There's always ups and downs in life. Yeah. It, regardless of but whether then it's a someone isn't as likable in those moments of mistakes and flaws and figuring things out. Sure, they are. That's that's the whole point. Because of the ups you, they and downs. are likable because you can identify with the with their struggles. When somebody's always successful and they're yeah. always shallow, they're not likable because you you don't it's it's tough to identify with a guy that's always successful. No, you're wrong. It's supposed to be a roller coaster of a movie. <laughs> so there's a high point with the mission statements. Then he loses everything, you know. So in one way, you it, the transformation is likable, and yeah. that's the process of the whole movie. Right. That's what I said. Yeah, but he's still kind of this sleazy, groveling guy who has to go through his own development. The fact that there is, that he's different in the last ten minutes than he was in the first ten minutes means that he had stuff to work on and improve on. There's not a transformation that takes five seconds. There's a, The transformation, it's a transformation yeah. throughout, the whole, the, through a whole, throughout the whole movie. He's transforming. It's continuous. Yeah. You're saying you liked him. He was at his best when he wrote that mission statement, and and then no, no, that's not what I'm and saying. And then he stayed at that high level no. throughout the whole thing. No, okay, I good. didn't say that. 
You're saying he's equally... His likability factor at that level is the same the entire movie. He's not likable at the point that he writes them. He's a sleazy... He's a sleazy, no, shallow bastard when he, when he... He's a sleazy, shallow bastard, and then it occurs to him that he is a sleazy, shallow bastard. Yeah. He, when he sees that kid tells him, fuck you, he has an insight that he doesn't want to be a sleazy, shallow uh, bastard anymore. Yeah. Manipulating everybody. And he writes the mission statement. That's when he begins a transformation. And he says, when, the, when, he, when he gets to the office the next day and everybody reads his mission statement, they're all clapping, he says, that's when my life started. Yeah. He's beginning the transformation then. You don't like him at that point because he's, he's, he's so obnoxious and shallow. I agree, but you liked him at that point. When did I say that? I didn't say I liked him at that point. I said he starts to become likable because you can yeah. identify with a guy that's trying to get better. So he starts to, he starts to become likable. Yes. He starts realizing he has to improve and shit starts hitting him. Yeah. <laughs> the shit okay. the, the shit hits the fan because he writes that thing and right away his boss says I knew he knows he has to fire him in a week and he starts encountering issues he 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 his issues with his girlfriend, right? He gets the bachelor party and is he's talking about um how his yes. uh how he how the struggles he's starting to realize he has a problem with his girlfriend because he wants to propose to her and she's telling him catch you know catch up klutz. Yes, that's fine. I think his true moment of of redemption and climax was hugging Rod at the yeah. end, and and that was like the payoff. Right. So he got that's better. Great. He becomes more. He becomes more likable as he goes. Okay, that's fine. But there was an hour and a half where he's not that likable. Yeah, but he's improving. So he's that's getting why better. it's a little tough to digest overall. But he's getting better. This guy's front you and like him because he's trying to get better. Yeah, that's all fine. Yeah. Okay. But we're not supposed to like him the entire movie. You like him because he's trying to get better. He's becoming more likable. <laughs> yes. But That's what it's about. But he's not there yet. <laughs> he doesn't get better until an hour and a half into the movie. <laughs> but you and appreciate it. Like, okay. But it's progress. I can appreciate it. But the whole point is that we're not supposed to like him that much. At the beginning. Eh, first half. You know, you say beginning, I say first You half, have this idea that somebody has to get to some point in their life. They have to make so much progress before you can like them. I like, <laughs> so I like somebody for just trying to make... not a likable decision. Pardon? Rushing into the marriage was not a likable decision. Right. Okay. But he realizes that he's got to... I, my thing yeah. is, whenever somebody's trying to improve, yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. No matter how much how much trouble they're having, how badly they're doing it, if they're trying to get better, even if they're crap, <laughs> and they haven't gotten very much better, the fact that they're trying at all to improve, that they're trying, that they realize that they're not a good person and they're trying to improve, I find that admirable. Okay. You're so saying you're saying that until they make so much progress, <laughs> right? You have some idea that there's some sort of black and white point at which you've made enough progress that then you can begin to like somebody to me that makes no sense how come you didn't like him in vanilla sky you didn't like that character you didn't root for him you didn't care about him he wasn't interesting to you it was a similar rich guy sleazy you know smooth talking character yeah he was he, he didn't like himself yeah 
<laughs> it made me uncomfortable to see a guy that doesn't like himself. He's not trying to improve. When 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 Jerry is with Rod and saying, and Rod's like, "You're not at your house right now." Yeah, why are you with your marriage wife? life? Yeah. At that point, we're like Rod is right. Yeah. And we don't like Jerry that much because he's neglecting his responsibilities. Yeah, but he's getting—he's still getting better than he was. He's That's still trying to fine, figure it out. But that doesn't make him equally as likable at the end than throughout the whole movie. That's why I'm like, he's not that likable most of the movie. And then at the end, yeah. he becomes likable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a battle of semantics. We're saying the same yeah. thing. Good lord. I want to watch Moneyball now. Okay. <laughs> to get the taste, the bad taste of turning the wire out of your mouth, you need to watch Moneyball. Yeah, this movie's really done. Oh man. Anyways, closing thoughts. No. I don't. <laughs> oh no. So you really like this movie, for the record. Yeah. You like you love yeah, it. Yeah, you're, I can watch you're it a totally... couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can watch it for like you know the, the cool dialogue and the humor yeah. and. And stuff like that. It's very positive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 He's listening in the hall. I think I, I can't think of anything that we haven't already said about this movie. We've already like said too much. <laughs> <laughs> Argued about stuff. I'm not even sure what we're arguing about. Usually, Crow has really likable characters. <laughs> uh, I think he was. He's trying, got his main. He was trying to push buttons with this character. That's he, what I think. He wanted us to be yeah. a little unsure about him. A little. Nothing. He's not so black and white. That's it's, what I think. Uh, that's what I think Crow was trying to explore. Well, it's not about like to me. It's never about you. You've you've gone on about you don't like the guy, and it makes it an unpleasant movie for you. Know, you know that much, right? I'm saying I, I don't disagree. The with guy that. who's front and center with the most screen time, right, is fourth on my list of characters I want to watch. I'd rather see much more Rod, much more yeah Dorothy, much right. more. Right, and you I know. agree with you. I agree with you, and that's why I question. It's not whether Bob you Sugar. like or dislike the character; it's whether or not they're entertaining. You can have a guy that's evil, and they're freaking hilarious to watch. You can yeah, have exactly. it, right? And that's what I'm saying about. And that's what I'm saying yeah. about Tom Cruise Tropic playing Thunder? this role. Is is he did a good job playing it? It's he very did. dramatic. Um, but there's so. But every character, it's it's like watching a freaking negative. Every character around him is so much more pleasurable to watch. Yeah. Bob Sugar, the who's as much of you know more of a villain than anything because he's so shallow. He's he's the he's the character that Jerry Maguire starts out as, and you you almost enjoy watching uh, Jay Moore play this guy. He's a great archetype because he's yeah because he's just so one dimensional, so uh, so shallow, so dishonest yeah. the whole time. Yeah, I agree, and it backfires, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, it takes forever for for Maguire. The quality of McGuire being, you know, honesty to upstage, you know, in the eyes of the players. The players finally see it in that hug at the end where he hugs Rod Tidwell, and they realize, you know, uh, the advantage yeah. of being of having a guy who's honest and open as opposed to just a total shark. It's, it's a good character study. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. Yeah. An interesting debate about Jerry McGuire. That's KCast for this week. I'm Caleb. I'm Chris. Woo! You know who's likable? Paul McCartney. That's who's likable. Popular for generation after oh. generation. Yeah. <laughs>